everybody. Welcome to episode 63 of Outspoken. I am your host, Justin White, and my guest this week is my friend Michael Wirtz. Um, I met Michael oh, about 20 years ago, I think, when we lived around the corner from each other. Uh, we both had second-story apartments with back decks, and we could uh, could see each other and call to each other from said decks. And uh, that's how we ended up becoming friends, through my roommate, uh, hollering across to his roommate slash husband. Um, and we all became friends, and it was a grand old time until they had to move. They moved to Oakland. And uh, we're still friends, 20-plus years later. And that's awesome, I think. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I liked him within about two seconds and um, never stopped. So we will get to know him a little bit better in a moment. But uh, I went to the climate march today, this morning in San Francisco, because uh, you got to do something. I don't know how much good I personally did by being there, but um, it sure was cool to see a whole bunch of young people uh, filling the streets and speaking up for their rights and for their future since the powers that be don't appear to give two shits about them, which is a crying shame, but it's the way it is. So let's listen a little bit of them and their power, and then let's talk to Michael. That's right. My favorite city. Is it still? Mm-hmm. Well, it's where the, the girls are tough and the boys are pretty. So that <laughs> helps. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, no, I love San Francisco. I, I still do. You um, still do? But yeah. if you still lived here, do you think you would as much? Or it has, would depend. Because when I you think, move to Oakland, I think you get a new... You, you love the old... You get yeah. to remember the old city as it yeah. was. It's true. It is sort of like under... A, it's like it's like a snow globe. Mm-hmm. It kind of like lives under this weird this weird like time bubble. Right. Um, although I work in the city. I work at CCA, the, oh, okay. the art school. So I'm here like three days a week. So you do experience some of the massive changes. Yeah. And especially... Well, the... the so we lived... Um, in the Castro, in the Disastro, all the way through the early 90s. And then we moved to Little Nowhere Valley. Mm-hmm. And we were there from um, where I met you. Which where we, we met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, from, our, from our balconies. That's right. <laughs> could, could call to one another. <laughs> talk about. Oh, what a magical time. That, that was, was like all of us in like a four or five block radius. That was wonderful. That was pretty great. Um, you know, and I think I'm here. I'm, I'm already like going off on a tangent. I think that time still exists. We just have to, um, we just have to recognize it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to like get away from our devices and recognize that. That's we have what I was it. trying to do yeah. with this, with the most recent house concert. It was just kind yeah. of meant to be like, Hey, everybody remember this? Yeah. We used to do this. <laughs> like having a bunch of people in a house yeah. playing music and talking is really fun. And okay. it worked. Yeah. I think it did. Yeah. yeah. For those who made it, it worked. Yeah. It was, Oh my God, it was wonderful. But a bunch of people, you know, bowed out because mm-hmm. probably of their other, distractions and you know supposed i mean every somebody yeah. uh, some people have legitimate excuses other yeah. people find excuses in the convenience of of distraction and busyness and all the things that we do and think are, are now normal to do everyone can just refer to that stuff and say like oh i just can't you know i just have right. so much going on or like but do you like, what well, are you actually doing <laughs> you got, i mean i'm not yeah i don't want to accuse anybody of doing something they're right. not but I do think that it, it has become more of a default for mm-hmm. a lot of people to, to, just, to just not do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's so mm-hmm. much easier and so much more comfortable to stay in and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in your little protected dome, with mm-hmm. the things, you know, and your beloved devices. I was about to say that I canceled on plans for tomorrow. They're like a really lovely birthday party is happening in Dolores Park for a friend of a friend. And it's mm-hmm. going to be the sort of like... It's sort of like um, it's it's the Verosphere. Have, have I told you about the Verosphere? Do you know about the Verosphere? I don't think so. No. Well, the Verosphere is sort of ostensibly, if if Andy and I have a drag troupe, this is our drag troupe. Oh, okay. This is a uh, this is Mrs. Vera, who is uh, Vera Newman, is her name. 
Um, and uh, you can you can look them up on the on the interwebs and see the insanity. Or basically, it's a bunch of drag clowns. It's like that's how I like to. I mean, all drag is kind of clowny when you know, right. unless like the anyway, we're, like the real real drag queens are like not clowns. I don't want to. But you're taking it to that. Oh, it's super, it's super Corner. from outer space. It's for, super nice. like, um, I feel, I mean, I know I've seen images, images of you guys. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think I knew what, that it was actually yeah. an or like a oh, thing. Yeah. You guys do. We had um, a, we marched with, well, uh, Mrs. Vera was the, uh, one of the grand marshals this year for the pride parade. And we had hundred and I would say between 125, 100 people marching with us all in that drag. That's so amazing. Just bonkers. So, um, and uh, yeah, and and um, there is wonderful um, sort of life coach in some ways because she just she encourages all of us to um, uh, be in the parade instead of watch the parade. Like for many years, I stopped going to the parade because mm-hmm. you know all the way through the '90s, it was just everyone was just kind of sad and angry and yeah. AIDS had decimated so many people and so many lives. And yeah, it sort of became about a different thing for a bunch of years. Yeah. And so when I, I met Michael and David, I met the Veersphere folks. They were like, why don't you, you want to come march with us? And I was like, I haven't been in so many years. I hadn't been in like 10 years. And they're like, come on down, you know? So being in the parade is definitely a different experience than watching the parade, which is kind of misery, right? Mm-hmm. You're like standing there in the sun. It's like, everyone's so drunk. Right. It's just horrible. But like, being in the parade is a blast. It's a blast. Nice. So um, there's a short documentary about Mrs. Vera and Michael, Mr. Tina, in, on the on the YouTube's. It's easily found. So if you just do a search for Vera Sphere, V E R A S P H E R E, on YouTube, and it'll pop up right away. Nice. It's like 20 minutes long, and it's just it's just great. It talks about their sort of health journey, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty dire back mm-hmm. in the 90s. And there's sort of like this phoenix rising from the flames. So um, I've been, and in fact, that um, I'm, I'm doing a project with Michael right now. Um, Michael has all these writings and I'll just get one of, I'll just get this text every now and again from Michael. That's like this long kind of, you know, a long paragraph. It's like this memory that sort of appears to him from the 1990s and he just shares it with every, you know, shares mm. it with everybody, shares it with me. It's like a photo or a snippet or a memory or a thing. And it's all about like sort of hearing ghosts in the Muni wires and walking wow. down Market Street and kind of experiencing time salad. So it's like, you know, it's 1977, it's 1987, it's 1997, it's 2007, it's 2017, like all at once. Wow. And um, and sort of walking hand in hand with his friends who were gone, right? Like right. all these ghosts everywhere, like sitting sitting at Zuni Cafe and sort of sitting on Muni with him. And, and uh, just all these writings are so lovely and sad. So I was kind of... Um, hunting around for something to do for a solo show I have coming up in 2020. And I was like, Michael, what if we did something with these? You know, I was so sick of my own work. I'm <laughs> sick of just like, you know, I'm an illustrator anyway. So I, whenever I, whenever I sit down to do work, I, I find it easiest to, to draw and to come up with, with imagery when I'm collaborating with someone, mm-hmm. but it's just me on my own. It's like, Really, it's a little harder. Yeah. You don't you don't like to do the writing or the things, whatever it is that would be illustrated. You, you I, just like to do the illustrating. I have from time to time. Um, it 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 really does depend, and I can I can sit down and and write and get myself in that other headspace. But it's I don't know. For me, it's always uh, a little bit more psychotic if i'm if i'm working with someone else it's fun isn't it yeah 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 i think it just does magical things to collaborate with people Mm -hmm. in any realm or any creative thing any Mm -hmm. anything really you put two brains together and get 50 Mm -hmm. exactly yeah all this weird stuff starts to ricochet around yeah i didn't think of it like that oh but what about that you know each one exponentially expands the other Mm. Yeah, and and just working with memories is just so fun, and it's just also sort of nice to honor that 
you know, honor your elders and honor that legacy and honor, honor the folks in San Francisco who have been here making it like a fun, freaky place to live since the 70s, right. you know? So or before. Like, even, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Are you talking about this specific group? Has been since I'm talking about this specific group, but okay. also like also in general, like the caucus. Well, weird, weird like, has it ever, just been... Oh, my God. The, the, do you ever see the... the bread and butter of the city? Oh. Not bread and butter, just the... Yeah. The whatever. The, the backbone. The, the backbone. Yeah, the, the sort of spinal column, I guess. Um, I, I like to think that 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 it's still there um did you ever see the documentary about the cockettes i don't know if i have it's just i think it's just called um i think it's just called the cockettes yeah and it was a a documentary about the the hippie drag queens who were in the um they were uh in the commune they were Mm. they had a commune in the hate in the 60s that's awesome and they were like you know they had like the commune that would help with food and childcare and there was a you know somebody who published a newspaper and there was a there was a couple of communes who were like you know um very strict and very sort of like took took the doctrine of like communal christian communal living very mm. seriously you okay. know um i think that was kali flower they were k-a-l-i flower that was uh-huh. like the super serious hippies live there and the god of destruction goddess of destruction yeah isn't kali yeah so, but there was this guy Hibiscus who was in Cauliflower, who was this like in, <laughs> That's insane, his birth name, right? mm-hmm, insane drag queen who like would sit on Hippie Hill wearing like nothing and glitter, mm-hmm. and um, people started following him. And he's like, "I've got this great idea. We should perform." And so they just started performing together, and then they had this drag closet. So people started showing up there anyway the the documentary is highly recommended then these folks the virusphere are very much like the children of that same uh i guess we could call it an aesthetic okay know? yeah yeah the family <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah they it brought it back out, to yeah. life and made it yeah. fun again if you shave your eyebrows off people will know you're from venus is it's that like, right yeah. is that the code uh-huh <laughs> no, well, there are not a lot of shaved eyebrows in the virusphere but in the cockettes yes really oh yeah it's like they, a they love the, the movies of the 1940s. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. It's so drawn like on. Those tiny, tiny, sharp Pencil line. Uh-huh. Weird. <laughs> That's like Divine, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Divine was in the Cockettes. Oh, okay. Divine was. Sylvester was. So oh, Divine wow. came to San Francisco and lived for a while and did a few shows. And um, it was the Cockettes I who... I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. The Cockettes very early on embraced Divine as one of their own. How could so, you not? Yeah. special it's like it's really uh uh i feel super lucky and to this if there's anything else i am trying to impart to my students is like you know you will work very very hard you know to try and make a basic living but Mm -hmm. it when you can do it if you can do the work you'll you know it's just it's there's nothing else like it it's a great gig right well, that's what, that's how I feel about any job that a person likes, you know, yeah. or loves. If, yeah. you, if you love what you do for work, then going to work doesn't suck. Yeah, it turns out teaching is kind of the same way for me too. Like you I, love just, it? I just enjoy them so much. Yeah, I enjoy the the students so much, and the, I'm teaching portfolio class right now, and cool. I can't teach them nothing. Their work's so good. Really? Oh my god. Yeah, cool. they're all like universally just amazing. Wow, oh, amazing! I've never had a class just just like the quality of work. It's like jaw dropping. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. What do you think happened? Was it just I just, luck, I just got lucky. Time have come? Yeah, I just got really lucky. With this, you know, and 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 the the quality of work really is getting better and better at that school. It's um, there was a there was a time when when I went to school there, which you know. I loved all my teachers a lot, um, but it was very uh, sort of 80s conceptual. So it was like, you know, there was no technique taught. 
at all. It was all, I mean, they're, you know, like they would teach you how to use like watercolor a little bit, but there was no life drawing. Hmm. There's hardly any life drawing. And now it's weird. I thought that was just a guaranteed like starting point. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, in that respect, it wasn't super rigorous back in the day. So weird, you know, it was like concept came first and Mm -hmm. whatever you wanted to do in, in service of that concept, you could, you could work into your illustration yourself, but I actually um, think I would like that better, but, but I feel like learning technique is pretty important too. Even if you just, even if you never use it, right. I mean, for the collage work, right. That's, that's concept. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so now it's more, it's a little bit more structured. There's uh, a lot of, a lot of kind of basic drawing, painting, digital tools, you know, like body in motion. There's like a few classes that like pretty much all the students take. Mm-hmm. So by the time they get to me in portfolio, they've got like a lot of tricks up cool. their sleeve. Yeah. That's good for you. Huh? Yeah. You don't have to do yeah. like start at the beginning with them. So yeah. I, you know, I, I try and just sort of impart the knowledge I do have. Um, I cannot paint. I cannot really? paint. Nope. Can you draw? Yes, I can draw really can't. well. So it's something about holding a brush that we can't do it. Doesn't is it the angle or the like doing it? I I don't know. It's I the just, medium. Yeah, I mean, I think if I picked it, I just actually, you know what? I don't have the patience for it. Like, okay. Yeah, like to Did really. You, have you really tried it, or have you just like I can't do this? Stop. Because that's kind of how I approach. Well, yeah. well, my brother's a painter, so I, right. you know, when I started painting, I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> never! I'll never be able," you know. And how long did it take you to come to that realization? Like one painting, probably. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, t- I, well, painting wasn't my. It yeah. wasn't what I was the most drawn to, anyway. Yeah. I like physical. I like holding stuff. So, yeah, so yeah. found objects and paper collage are have been my thing for. Well, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I had a thing, but that's. Yeah. I like drawing too a lot. Cool. And I. Yeah. I guess I've done maybe, I have painted a few paintings, did, but did, I don't paint. I'm not a painter. Did I think we did one time um, uh, work on the overhead projector during warm water, when a warm wire set. I think we did that together. I think it was you and me and Bernie Jungle. That's awesome that yeah. you remember that. I, I, it, that was such a fun, I mean, oh there, it, it happened in many different incarnations and different people, but I, I vaguely remember, do you remember if it was at the makeout room? Is it that one? Yeah, maybe. I, and the, there are other warm wires gigs when I was just the go-go dancer, you uh-huh. know, yeah, which is very, very strange, but yeah. I, I decided it was something that needed to happen, you yeah. know? Do you, oh, you decided or uh-huh. Brad did? Uh-huh. And okay. I, I talked to Brad about it. I was like, I really want to dance for you guys. And he was like, okay, you know, and I just showed up and like, that's did awesome. It. Um, cause they're just such a great band. Yeah, um, amazing. I think you can still find the recordings out there. Warm wires. For sure. I think warm wires is like the, um, the, my entree to your whole group of friends. Oh, because, cool. Yeah. That's right. Because of Brad and yeah, that's so amazing. Brad, Brad's earlier band, uh, Harm Farm. Harm Farm came to Andy's radio show and that is so Andy's my husband. We met at, uh, UC Santa Cruz, um, uh, at KZSC, which is still an amazing station. You guys met at the radio station. Yeah, you both were. You both had a show there, or what? Um, so the woman that um, Andy had a show with at the time invited me on because she thought there might. She mm. she was she was matchmaker in, in a very gentle way. That's awesome. Holy shit! And yeah. it worked. It, was it worked. Almost thirty. How long have you it guys was been Thirty-one together? years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I like to joke that it was an arranged marriage. Yeah. Our our parents were just super liberal. Right. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, We found your mate. Yeah. We hope it's a good match. It's a baby. Um, You're a baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, Okay. So you entered our circle of friends. Oh, yes. Thank you. Brad's band. Jazz solo. Um, But yeah, his idea, I believe it was Brad's. Uh, brainchild the projector that, yeah. that whole thing the concept of well, really funny there's a the so how we met brad again was because well brad was on andy's radio show and he and so uh andy had a um uh harm farm sticker on this uh trash can that we had mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a it would just looked really good because it was a bright purple trash can and a bright green sticker so it looked great on yeah. the trash can so he was taking That's the like trash out. Hulk. he was That's taking color <laughs> totally halloween yeah. he was taking it downstairs and um brad so brad's apartment was like kitty corner from ours it was mm-hmm. like 
if you look out the back and then look to the right, you could see their back deck. So this guy comes out in the back deck and he's like, yeah, um, yeah. he's like, I know that band, Harm Farm. And then he's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, the bass player is a real asshole. <laughs> It was Brad. It was him. He's the bass player. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, I know who you are. Um, So like, so Brad gave us a cassette. This is back when you like, you know, you could like of this new uh, band he's putting together. Harm Farm or Warm Wires. And uh, so, yeah. So we got to start hanging out with y'all. That was, that was real fun. Yeah. We, we sort of had to, we, if either of us had a party, the others were automatically invited. It was just like a known thing. It was like, we can be a party or party from over here or we can come over exactly. to your house. Because it's likely we're having a party anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, there were a couple of weekends where we had shared. We both had yeah. something going on. Day on the lawn. Remember we had a couple of day on the lawns because we had the, that back lawn. So we had bands, right. we had bands play in the right. backyard. Um, I didn't know it was called that, but, I, but I do remember yeah. it. But, they, but at one of the day on the lawns was, was the projector. Didn't the projector have a name? The who? The projector? The projector had a name. Oh, um, Joyce. Joyce. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, so yes. an old overhead projector yeah. from like elementary school days. Uh-huh. With the, with like a transparent um, vellum, mm-hmm. right? And right. with a roll on a roll. A acetate roll. Uh-huh. Right? Acetate roll. And you would just, you would just roll. And this would be the light show. On for, two for spindles, wires, one on each side. And you'd roll from the full to the empty. Uh-huh. And across the light table. And, and you would have three enterprising young gentlemen or whomever, you know, ladies too. One of our Everybody. friends who was an artist and that's yeah. pretty much all of them. Yeah. Would like, would draw during the the set. So that happened at the I-Beam, that happened at that uh, at Slim's, it happened at everywhere. Yeah. So everywhere it's such they, a brilliant idea, I thought. It made it, it made, needs to come back. It's such a cool thing because, yeah. I mean, people do projections and other kinds of light shows yeah. through the music, but nothing like that. A one-of-a-kind, yeah. you know, art exposition yeah. where they're just in real time creating. And then it would just roll. Yeah. You just keep rolling it every time I filled yeah. up. What do they call it? The, the corporate version of it now is called like um, graphic notation, like a graphic notator. Like oh, you God. you see these like actually a friend of mine, a friend of mine has this as a gig. It's like not a bad gig. It's, it's like a, you show up at some, you know, horrible corporate you know, like uh-huh. great. That's, that's what I'm saying. Oh God, too. yeah, that's yeah. the part of it. The gig itself sounds like it's cool. But so it's... You, you sit there in a room with like, you know, you, hopefully you get fed. There's coffee at the beginning of the day and, and you right. just sort of like make these notations that go along with whatever's being said in the room. And so it gives them a different way of like, you know, iterating, right. iterating. Right. <laughs> but then you have to listen to what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could have that job unless yeah. it was, you know, like, yeah. You know, dog, you know, just talking, <laughs> if, talking about dogs and uh, music. Yeah, and, like, is there a convention for, for dog, you know? Maybe dog, just yeah. the, just the count, the, whatever the show, the, uh, you know. Oh, I, you mean for people who like to talk about dogs? Yeah, maybe. I, well, no, I know, well, I know they've got one for cats, right? It's sort of like animal welfare. Oh, okay. You know, there, there's a big convention that uh, Andy's involved oh. in. Yeah. Oh, for the dogs, yes. Yeah. The Strut Your Mutt is the biggest, oh, nice closest one. thing, which nice is sponsored one. by um, Animal Friends, Best Best Friends Animal Society nice in, one. in Utah. Have you ever been to um, the dog show at the Cow Palace? I haven't. I've, I've I been, went once. Uh, yeah? It was weird. Yeah, I I yeah. feel weird about the Ooh, whole thing. Yeah. I, I know that That's some of those dogs, dogs actually like, they like working enough that, that has become their job yeah. and they understand like this is work and I'd like it. So let's go. Yeah. But I think like probably 80% of them are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and why is it so loud? And why are there a million oh, other dogs around me? Oh, why man. is everybody yelling and you know, oh, it's too much. It's the stress strange. within the room would be palpable oh. to the people. So imagine what the dogs are feeling. Well, they, they, when I went, well, I went backstage, but we, um, we went on, Sunday. It was a two-day dog show. We went on Sunday, and the dogs were just exhausted. Oh, they yeah. were so tired. They were all sitting around, but they, but the owners want you to come up and pet the dogs. They want the dogs to have the experience of of being pet by a hundred, two hundred, three hundred. Oh, really? people oh, just to get them the used day. to yeah. every last thing. Because they have judges coming up and sort of like you know, right. Manhandling them. Put it. Yeah. Putting their hands on their bits. Mm-hmm. So they <laughs> have to be used to like all their bits, <laughs> naughty bits included. Oh man. Poor, poor dogs. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, pardon me. I'm going to lift up your tail uh-huh. and fondle your, yeah. your parts. You nards. You nards. Your dog nards. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That part, 
I don't, I don't know too many dogs who would sign up for that willingly. Really. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, deep sigh. Yeah. yeah that's who, the, who won Best in Show? What was the breed? Uh, I believe it was uh, a cattle dog because those are badass dogs. They're pretty they, cool. Yeah. They're they're just, um, they, they're highly trainable. They know things. Mm-hmm. They yeah, they're might, quite bright. Yeah. I had a, a pit cattle dog for a while, Miss Olive. Mm. And she, I was convinced she could like do math, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, dog math. Yeah, right. she would she would triangulate. She would like do the you know the geometry. Right. This yeah. she, higher math. She was like into. She would like sit on the couch and like. She get, knew the cosine and tangent mm-hmm. of it. Uh, that's amazing. A squared plus b squared right. is c squared. And she could predict the motion and movement, the velocity of <laughs> exactly. another dog across the park. Truly, though, like you know, like like catching a tennis ball going at whatever it would be twenty. It's pretty 20 amazing miles an hour, what they're able, able to do. like jump up in the air and, and turn sort around of like, backwards. Yeah, and like yeah. and just be in the air at the exact right moment right. to catch this ball. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I couldn't do it. You don't think? Mm-mm. Not in your mouth, at least. Existential, existential dread of uh, sort of listening and watching the planet mm-hmm. sort of decays, and that's I feel that really, really deeply. And, and Doesn't it seem like everyone is is in it right now? Yeah, and and not really sure where to go or how to do like what like what yeah. used to be normal life sort of got tipped upside down, and now I don't know if anybody knows where like what the value is anymore. Of yeah. things, yeah, which, which might be good ultimately. It might right. be time time to shake that paradigm up anyway. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, the 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 footage of uh, polar bears, starving oh, yeah. polar bears. That's a rough one. That that uh, that is something that keeps keeps me awake at night. Yeah, I have to actually tune it out i I can't look at those images because i'm so saddened by it it's so uh it's so disheartening and then the the and then here in california the you know the whales dying Mm. and the the uh, apparently like a month ago or a month and a half ago we had a um uh we had this 100 degree day Mm -hmm. out of out of nowhere, like it was like an 80 degree day. And then the next day it was a hundred degree day. Right. And these shoals of, uh, of mussels for miles just died. Mm. Like they and were washed up on shore. They, um, no, they, they were still stuck, stuck there, and... but like they were all gray. Like mm. none, they all just like just got baked in. Yep. In one day. That's going to be happening everywhere. Yeah. To all kinds of things. Yeah. So it, uh, that's, um, so how well, do you, so yeah, how get... do you, uh, how do you, um, I don't know, as, as somebody who is sort of like um, an ex-hippie, ex-slash-current hippie, mm-hmm. right. nature's boy, yeah, I, I feel like that's me, you know? Right, like, I feel that's like being that's, wounded. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally uh, get it. yeah, so. Well, I mean, I don't want to By the get... way, can we turn the air conditioning on here? It's really... <laughs> Totally. <laughs> yeah. Let me, uh, there's an app for that, I think. Uh, yeah, I, well, my can, so I think it, it's happening. I think it's, um, hard to deny that people are, are sort of, they're fearful and, and definitely wary and confused. But so I'm, I'm concerned that what that's causing is for everyone to just sort of withdraw and just take care of themselves and just be at mm. least I have my own little private mm. like at least there's this left and if mm-hmm. I just have this for I only have this many years left on the planet and maybe my kids will live long enough to have clean drinking water you know mm-hmm. I don't um I don't think that's going to I think all that's going to do is hurry along the process mm. of our divided mm. you know humanity mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. because we're all struggling and in similar ways with different stories, but similar grievances and, and difficulties. 
why don't we talk about it with each other mm-hmm. and say, well, what are you doing to mm-hmm. help it? You know, what are you doing to feel? And in some cases, I think it is all people are doing is like, I just got to take care of myself yeah. and just make sure that my life is as good as it can be. Yeah. And I don't even know, I don't know if that's the right or the wrong answer. I'm starting to lean toward that myself, but I don't want to do it at the expense of anyone else or at, at my relationships with people, you know? Yeah. Like I've been feeling <clears throat> isolated and lonely a lot. I mean, I, ha- I have most of my life actually, mm. but but lately, mm. um, a lot, a lot, because I just don't go anywhere. I don't mm. do. I don't really want to be out in the world a lot of the time. Mm. I don't like the noise and the traffic and the cacophony, you know. And then you know, then you've got skies full of smoke and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, everything. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to yeah. <laughs> to sort of hunker down and yeah. stay in your safe place, which is yeah. what I'm mm. getting at. Is like, wh- yeah, it's an it's a natural instinct to do that. I think, at least, it is for me. It's where I feel safest and and most at ease. Anyway, it's just at home by myself. Nobody's here judging me. I can mm. do whatever I want. I can sing out loud or say stupid shit. I can walk around <laughs> naked. I can do anything. You know, mm. that's freedom to me. That's mm. like actual. That feels like actual free expression i can do Mm. whatever i want Mm. period nowhere else on earth can i do that you know unless i'm by myself in the wilderness or something and and usually then i'm not really inclined to do that kind of stuff i mostly just want to be present with what is um but my concern in society is that everybody is taking this this very very quick retreat to what is safe for them Mm. and their very tight little circle and then kind of if you're left out of that it's kind of tough shit like you didn't make you didn't catch the bus or what you know yeah i'm worried about I, yeah. that like what that sort of mentality is going to do to us yeah agreed yeah i'm i Sorry. yeah i'm i'm doing that and not doing that i you know with politics i feel like i i can make those five calls right mm. i can i can write a postcard i can get on the horn i can make some phone calls that is that is what i you know, that's how I've been dealing with sort of current political situation and like doing a poster or sort of like right. helping out as I can, when I can, if yeah. I can, you and know, some sort of minor activism here and there. Yeah. So I've been, that's been going through my, my mind a lot as I can, mm-hmm. you know, when I can, if I can, as right. I, you know, like just, I'm going to help out when I can. Okay. And, um, and I've been, you know, I think it's teaching is nice because um especially after the election i felt like i really needed somewhere to be yeah and so to be around a bunch of 19 20 21 year olds is really great it's really great because um you know some of them are thinking about solutions yeah and i think and and I think well, they just have a different perspective. They're less, yeah. maybe less jaded or, you know. Yeah. Come, I mean, I think oh, they're of also the... freaked out, but, but they're right. also in, they're also in training to do design. And right. so it, it feels like a positive place to be yeah. right now. That's um, very cool. It's. And then you have the benefit of just being of service. Like when you're a teacher, you're just, you're just being of service. Yeah. You know, and that, whether you're getting paid for it or not. And I also, I also, um, got hooked up with this place called reach in San Leandro okay. and they, they're an after school program mostly during the, during the year, but it, in the summertime they do these, uh, summer camps. So I've been teaching screen printing there cool. just a little, just a little bit. They, I, I would love to be there more, but I'm, I'm so busy, busy with school. I can't, um, but they, um, but, uh, that's, yeah. So I think, I think when I start to have these conversations with people, my, my mind instantly goes towards solutions because that's me. I'm kind of a fixer. Like I'm the middle kid. Oh yeah. You know, there's like five of us. I'm, uh-huh. I'm like the middle kid of five kids. So wow. I'm one of the middle kids. So you must you be know. good at that. Like bringing everybody together or, you know, being the diplomat. I'm okay at it. I, I, or do you just fall into that role because you're trained? That I'm way? just like, okay, how do we fix this thing that's on fire right now? All you right. know? And, and so, um, like, for a long time and I still will do this. Well, I'll just like clown, you mm-hmm. know, to like deflate the bad energy or good energy even. <laughs> um, um, and that was my way for a long time. You mean uh, just be goofy and get yeah. like shift the, yeah. the energy. I guess the... a way to get liked or to get okay. attention and get, right. you know, is, is to sort of be the goofball for sure. Yeah. yeah I did, the fool. I did lots of class clowning. Yeah. 
So, but I, I, so when you have got friends who, who, who need to retreat and, um, and I, and I, I do that classic like extrovert thing where, um, I'll be super on for like weeks. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be going to like lectures and like organizing lectures and talking in front of groups and talking in class and talking with the rest of the chairs and really just being on all the time, Mm -hmm. like doing stuff like this. And then I'll, uh, and then I'll spend a weekend on the couch, you know, like just just to regenerate or yeah, there's just like, you know, is that an extrovert thing or is that an introvert thing? Cause I feel like introverts are the ones who need to, charge the batteries more i think it's i think it's it it's sort of uh i think maybe it happens more often for introverts but extroverts do it too okay they just maybe less often right okay um <laughs> so yeah there's just I, i'll come home and need to watch like i'll need to watch star wars right. or lord of the ranks you right. know like i need to just like fall into that kind of like that story i've heard or read a million times mm-hmm. for com- for comfort uh-huh really okay. wonka that's a biggie really oh my god you'll just rewatch it uh-huh. or, okay yeah yellow submarine really oh my god wizard of oz i don't really have things like that, that you, I, oh really well m- maybe in music i don't yeah. i mean there are oh, movies right. that i love and have seen yeah. a bunch of times but i don't i don't intentionally return to watch something specifically to to gain comfort from it i pro- well i have a few things i listen to that are like that mm. um the best show with, with Tom Sharpling is probably the oh I don't know that the number one. It's a radio show that now can be heard as a podcast. It's called the Best Show. Yeah, the, well, it used to be called the Best Show on WFMU, which is a radio ah, station right, in sure. Jersey. Um, and then when he parted ways with the radio station, it was called the Best Show. Hmm. Okay, I'll check it out. It's brilliant, but it's it's not something that's like super easy to jump in on. Like currently, you sort of yeah. have to have a little bit of the back i think okay it'd be helpful to know like some of what has gone on for the last 20 years uh-huh. before starting uh-huh but the archives are all up there all right you can find i just i just came across um we spent some time in joshua tree this summer mm-hmm. and um i i uh we i just came across this thing called desert oracle radio have you heard listen to that no. i'll send it to you it's it really sounds good awesome. he sounds a little he's he, he <laughs> this is me being kind of bitchy but he he sounds like bill burroughs but he's really good he okay. said but he works he, wor- he, he works the, like, uh-huh, okay. he works the burroughs like the desert bird he's like the desert burroughs gotcha ah. that might bother me but i'll give it i'll give it a shot <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. But, but but back to the whole like yeah this sort of coping mechanisms thing so i i um i started going to the gym uh-huh I promise I won't talk too much about it. My <laughs> friends are so fucking sick of me talking about it. They just don't want to hear anymore. But you're excited about it? Are you enjoying it? Or do you, does it just feel good? It feels good. It's okay. really hard. It's yeah. like the hardest thing I've ever, I think wow. I've ever done. Yeah. The, the discipline of it or the actual work or both? both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that be, would be hard for me. I've had, never liked gyms, yeah. never wanted to Ugh, go. They're I, awful. I, I like... The I worst. like exercise. I like to exercise. Yeah, but only in natural ways. Okay. Like yeah. When you're climbing a tree. Yeah. Or walking or running or you know. It was it was uh, suggested to me my, by my therapist that I try this. Like after turning fifty, like I had classic midlife crisis. Mm. Classic. Really? Yeah. Did you buy a sports car? Not yet. You didn't have but, the money. But, to, but I've got this shirt. Yeah. The, uh-huh. well, but I have that shirt too. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I also in a midlife crisis? <laughs> no. Uh, what I mean, did I? motorcycles so i probably am that's so much cooler though um what was yours what was oh what did i do i just you know uh insomnia intense insomnia for weeks and months and and just thinking about stuff yeah and not yeah about getting older specifically or like um yeah the build the the build up to 50 was hard and post 50 has been fine okay totally fine i tried it i'm not there yet but i i imagine that's what it's going to be like and (sighs) that's what 40 was like and i try to tell people like when they're getting all freaked out about it it's like it it isn't going to make a difference you know it only makes a difference if you let it make a difference if you you know Force it to be something that it's not. Yeah. I still think about it all the time, you know, especially, you, I, you know, cause it's like, it's but, like, but what does it matter? Like, what does it, it actually doesn't. matter in your life? Like you're, you're well, married and you have, you're right. employed. You don't like, there's no age cutoff for what you're trying to do. Like, well, how, people how, stop getting your references. Mm. You know, if you're in a group of well, people, that I, that I can, yeah, I can relate to that. That's weird. You know, it's because weird. I think, I think, I yeah. think, uh, and maybe this was, this was, this is, uh, you know, this is, 
me being privileged, but being around a bunch of people, you say something, you know, I think Gen Xers are like, that's how we relate to each other. Right. Get like, it. Yeah. We it's get our, the whole, the cynic, of... the cynicism and the references mm-hmm. and like, and it's like this sort of like everything has this like deeper layer. So everything that gets said at a party has these, these right. layers. Of and reference. there was a ton of cultural like stuff happening during those, during yeah. that time period, like all the different media were coming alive <laughs> with culture. Yeah. you know mtv and like, yeah. like it was just kind of being shoved at you uh-huh. so there's tons of references little from memes, that time period yeah memes. from tv movies uh-huh. music and just everything and that's what all what people wore what gone. their hair was like that's yeah. all gone yeah it's all been i mean flattened into you and i can talk about it and and right. enjoy it but it's but um, under 35 or something nope. and it's gone they yeah. get none of it yeah, yeah unless they had an older like somebody who passed it on but then even like even more like i'll talk about like Joan Crawford. Like I do a lot mm-hmm. of Joan Crawford. I love, I love it. I love what, well, but it's not exactly Joan Crawford. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, Oh, who played her in mommy dearest? I'm terrible. Took oh, my gay card away. Uh, it's Faye Dunaway. Right. So I do a lot of Faye Dunaway. I kind of walk into the studio and say, clean up this mess. Or I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. Like all this, you know, get right. the ax, like all those stupid references. And everyone just looks at me like, good Lord, you right. know, because you know, Christina, therapy going to therapy somewhat new yeah um well i've done it a lot before but it's been a long time um and, and with this therapist it's new this it's is a new... been about gosh how long has it been it's been about like 10 months i want to say oh, okay now. that's pretty new yeah because it takes a while to build those relationships yeah um she's awesome You're she's, digging her, she's huh? super awesome yeah um and I, I like her because i told her like the very first time first time we sat down like if if you hear bullshit. I want you to call bullshit. Mm-hmm. And she does. Nice. And I like that. Because I, I don't, I don't, you know, of course we talked about my family. We talk about all the, all the stuff you typically talk about in, in therapy, but I didn't want to like, I don't want to just complain about my family, you know, yeah. like I want, I want like real world sort of like tactics, yeah, you know, I totally... I'm interested in, in I meant, I like a tactic. That's good. <laughs> well, I really like that you, you preemptively called yourself out. To, yeah, to her because that's the best way you can ever make a commitment. Yeah, is if you state it out loud for the record. Yeah, and like, well, now I have to. I like I it said. when people tell me no. You do it, like it, it? uh huh? Because it gives you a challenge. Uh-huh. Like what to do next? Yeah, I like it when they tell me no, or I like it when they where they kind of, uh, yeah. Because I I think if uh, I think one of the problems that we're living in now is that that um, people want to hear yes all the time. They never want to hear no, and they expect it. Yeah. In a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a good lesson. Actually, it's my brother that taught me this lesson. It was hard to learn at the time, but um, he said, and he got it from some of his training in various spiritual and, and uh, sort of social, I don't know. I, I'll just say it. He went to the forum, the landmark forum. Okay. And, and I did Ooh, too. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Our whole family, did, my whole one side wow. of the family did that actually. All right. And I did it quite young and I did some of the advanced. Oh, it's so scary like six to day me. And stuff. That yeah. whole thing is so scary. Yeah. it's pr- It can be definitely seen as a cult. Okay. And that's, that aspect of it is, is scary. But yeah. there's there's a lot of really good stuff that comes out of it too. But the, but the one thing I just wanted to say that he... The lesson that I had to learn, I asked him for something. I think I wanted to drive his car. And um, and he said no. And I was sort of like, I was shocked because I thought the answer was going to be yes. And I was pissed because yeah. I w- expected it to be yes and wanted it to be yes. Yeah. And assumed that it would be. And then it wasn't. And he pointed out to me, he's like, the, he's like, you can be mad if you want, but I'm not doing anything to you 
you are deciding to be mad about you you had an expectation about the, what the answer was going to be yeah and when that expectation wasn't met you got mad that's yeah. all yours that's all you own that you are responsible and and i was like you know, I'm like 16 and I'm like, fuck that. You know, that sucks. Like, just let me use your car, man. Like I didn't, it didn't, but it sunk in. It obviously sunk in because ever since then I've had to, I, it, I don't like it when people say no to me necessarily, right. but I do get it. And I, I take a minute to think about why yeah. they said no. Yeah. So I think, anyway. I think that's, I think that's worthy. You know, I think that's like, yeah, I think that's a worthy exercise. I guess it depends on why the answer is no, but, uh, but, uh, sometimes it's not a good reason. And that's, and I usually want to know, I mean, when I was a kid, I I would ask, I wasn't just obnoxiously, why, 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 but I I needed to have a logical reason for something. Yeah. And if I didn't get one, I would continue to inquire, you know, (laughs) and if they wouldn't give me one, usually it would end with the parent being exasperated and just saying, because I said, you know, just like fed up and can't. Because I'm in charge. You're in my house. You know, there was no real answer. Yeah. But that was never good enough for me. I needed it. I needed it to be explained with reason. Yeah. Or I just wouldn't abide. It just doesn't make any sense. You know. Then like what did you? You wanted to be. You wanted to be treated like, a, like a like a thinking. Thank you, know, you. Like a thinking. You know, sentient being. Thanks for acknowledging know? that. That's all it was. That's all it was. I yeah. mean, from a very young age, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. And I think because many kids don't speak up for their rights until much later yeah it was sort of shocking to the adults in my life yeah when i did but to me it was never in question it wasn't like waiting to see what i liked it was like i know i know right now yeah it doesn't doesn't work yeah 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 so stop telling me (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i mean back to the forum thing like i Mm. you know i um i uh I have a little bit of experience with it, with a, with a family member who went on a weekend, a weekend workshop and mm-hmm. ended up calling me on Sunday morning. Cause he'd been up all night, Saturday night processing, right? crying, crying on the phone. And I'm like, did he have some specific thing he needed to work yep. out with you? And, and it was all, it was, you needed to hear it, yep. whether you were ready or not. And it was like eight in the morning on right. a Sunday, you know, and, and I'm really glad he called. I'm really glad, you know, we talked about it, but it scared the shit out of me. And it, and mm-hmm. it was like, what are you doing? What is going on? You can know? you, can you recount any of what he was, he what he want, needed to get off his chest? He just or? wanted to tell me, love me. Oh, okay. You know, it was like, great. It right. was awesome. But for him, it was some like burning desire that needed yeah, to be. He just wanted to like really, um, really solidify his, you know, his place in the family. I think, Mm. I think like, um, um, Tim and I are very close in age, Mm -hmm. my young brother. And, and then there's three older siblings. And, uh, so, you know, we had to like stick together. We still do in some ways, like really stick together. It's, it's interesting to have a sibling who's so, so close in age to you. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to your older siblings. My old, my oldest brother is like 12 years older than me. Oh, wow. You know, it's a different generation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love them all very much. Um, it's just different. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. And, and. Yeah, so thinking thinking more about the cold thing, like I've kind of dabbled in sort of like uh, like the the light version of all that sort mm. of um, sort of intentional community, right? With uh, this this game that I got involved in called the Jejun Institute. Did you? Ever, oh, I've heard about that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where you go down into the weird. I got like, so secret. far down. Really? Into that oh my god, Justin! <laughs> I remember years, you talking to me once about it. Ten but... years of like crazy nonsense. Holy shit. Yeah. 10 years of it. Like I just, I just, um, I've, I've, I've kind of, I feel like it might be it, too big of a topic to cover. Yeah, could we you, should do it another day. But, it, but um, <laughs> could you just very quickly summarize well, what the Jejun Institute the is, is or stands yeah, for? Yeah, it was a uh, an alternate reality game that was played in and around the streets of San Francisco, and and it was it was um, it was fiction, but the people who played the game um, were invited to participate in the fiction in real in, settings in real life in real time and right. with real rooms right. so the guy the the uh the benefactor and the person who put this whole thing together mm-hmm. um rented uh office space in downtown san francisco in this like lawyer's office building mm-hmm. the building on california street with the three spooky 
uh, statues on top yeah, of it. Yeah. That's the building that oh, the cool. used to be in. So you'd show up. There was a, and you get a, you'd be, you were, you were given a key. You open a office door and there was a perfect replica of like a 1974, like office, like a, like a office. Entryway room. or something. Like an actual office. Like, all the furniture was correct. Like the design wow. of it was just beautiful. Um, and then you sat down in this chair and this video monitor clicked on and this whole, and it led you through this whole experience. You opened a drawer to the right and there was a map on the back of the thing and it, but it was all done with words and you left the office and went on this whole walkabout all the way through Chinatown. Weren't and there riddles and things like you had to solve? All over. And so that, as you're on the walkabout, on the first, so that when ended up being the first chapter, you started seeing stickers on the back of telephone poles mm-hmm. um, or on the you know stop signs, signs and whatnot yeah. that were um, alerting you to the resistance to the Shijun Institute, really? which ended up being the whole second chapter of the game, which was played out in in the mission. Whoa. That you and you played that chapter by getting a boombox and going to the top of Dolores Park, and they had. Um, a radio transmitter in one of the apartments right in, right by Trent by Dolores Park. So just genius. That's just amazing. Like incredible. So the resistance was it was a ploy. It was a built in. Yeah, it was the, all the same people, line. but they were they That's were just brilliant. like continuing this story by introducing you to the and inviting you into the resistance right. to the Shijun Institute. The, that's so cool. And how and how many chapters did it ultimately? Five. Play out? There were okay. five of those, and we started a, an offshoot. Friends of mine, who you know, I'm still very dear friends with all of them, who 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 do this thing called the Elsewhere Philatelic Society. Although it's called the Erstwhile Philatelic okay. Society now, and so you can you can you can find them at stamps from elsewhere.com and i'm i'm not really involved anymore but they're they're uh, it's good fun it's free to sign up and they send you on these crazy adventures all over the bay they still do it they do these like go solve the riddle to get into because the other one wasn't it like you can't you got to get out of this room and you have to find yeah wasn't there some shoot or something some like Oh, that was that was the Latitude Society, which oh, was later. Yeah, okay. that was later. Yeah, that was that was the uh, that was the other secret society. All right. That was the, the after the Shijun thing ended. He started a. I'm bummed. I one. missed out on all that stuff. It sounds well, fun. You could, you could do stamps from elsewhere. It seems like it's kind of like Burning Man is now. Like it's not quite the same <laughs> as it was. You know, if you if you caught it in the early years, it was. The best thing ever. It and, sucks. Don't go. It sucks. Yeah. I, this is what I tell everybody. Don't ever go. I'm, I'm not. Is that to keep people away? Or, but yeah. it's. But when you go, it's genius, of course. Oh, but yeah. like. Okay. But like. You know. You're trying to keep keep that. You just keep the myth. Yeah. It's mm. the biggest pain in the ass, but it's like the biggest like sense of wonder. It's still still that much fun when you go. You go currently. You go. Re- I've regularly? went two years ago. I'm. I might go this coming up summer, but it's just. It it truly is just and just such a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it's it doesn't a, appeal to me at all. But when I was twenty uh, and yeah. doing tons of mushrooms, it, it sounded just right. Oh. And I wish I'd gone then, you know. Mm. But I I was doing other things. You we had a, we burned other things. We had lots of things. <laughs> we set a lot of stuff on fire and had a lot of cathartic, you know, spiritual yeah. experiences and we we built and destroyed things and you know. Did you did you do like the cathartic screams, like group screams, like howls into the night? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I did that. We did versions of that throughout many trips and okay. many different. I mean, usually it was a solitary thing that would erupt into something else. Yeah, but I don't get. A, I don't know. No, I didn't do the group. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's maybe yeah, I'm yeah. missing out on something massive, but. I don't know. I think it, it because it's so close. It's it's you know six or eight hours away. Um, it's it's something to behold. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if you've seen, ever watched the live feed of it, but like it's just it's a it's a spectacle bit, yeah. on the scale that you will you know that it um, it's got to be seen to be believed. But it is a pain in the ass. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna drop in like Melania in a helicopter. Perfect. I'll just Perfect. come in and spot. You know, see I'm with it, you. Above, and then uh-huh. I'm out of there. <laughs> I'll ride with Melania. You could do like pour in the plastic bubble. You could just ride around yeah. a giant plastic bubble and not actually like interact. Can I have John Travolta there too? Uh huh. Nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we're not talking about Scientology. No. Okay, well, so actually, we're... I would like to talk about it with him, right. with him with or him. with anybody yeah. really. I just, but I'd only talk speak ill of it so. i wonder if john travolta could give you a straight answer of why why he's in it or yeah what? i think i know the answer yeah i think he's been 
I think he was blackmailed with his yeah. e-meter yeah. confessions mm. and didn't want any of that to ever get out. Yeah. So today, which is why a lot of people are in it and stay yeah. in it. Tom Cruise. Yeah. <sighs> but he actually likes it. He likes being in there because oh he's the star of the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Travolta might like it better if he was Tom Cruise. Yeah. I w- yeah. I, w- I wonder a lot about the our, our need to, uh, you know, our really basic need to find community you know and and how and the like the the hundreds far of it'll take you myriad ways that 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 uh that blooms and do you happens. think that's what the what's at the heart of that though is it really still community seeking i think so even if you're being abused and and tortured and yeah. th- like you still find camaraderie yeah. amongst your yeah you get fellow you, inmates you, there's like a, a a spark of hope you know there's like something something that that experience can give you that no nothing in the mundane world will give you yeah you know i suppose it's, that's true and and maybe it's just um the collective experience of all being abused together you maybe. know that's so <laughs> sick i don't i mean i yeah. i understand it on some level but it's yeah. but when you know that you could just step outside of that and walk into some other much healthier setting and yeah. say, "Hey, would you guys like to yeah. start a community?" Well, and 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 you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like press the issue, but like you know, as they, you know, there's all that scream therapy. They just scream in your face, yeah. and you know, um, yeah, yeah, the Catholic, you know, yeah. Oh, did okay. People, well, I, people I, yelled at you. There was. I'm trying to remember specifically what. Well, the the sick not not so much just like screaming in your okay. face, but there was stuff where you would be so stripped raw in front mm-hmm. of everyone, without you know without a choice about it, and you just had to stand there and take it, and then you <clears throat> grow, you grow from that experience, but mm-hmm. it's fucking horrifying at the moment, because mm-hmm. uh, I did the sixth the six day training, which was like the advanced course. Okay. Which had actual like physical elements too, like rappelling and zip lining, you know, like yeah. ropes chorus. And then, but then all the, that stuff I was fine with. I loved, I didn't care about those risks at all, yeah. but to stand on stage and talk about yourself in mm. front of, you know, a okay. bunch of people you yeah. don't know. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. And, and truly private things that you. <clears throat> well, I, I was made an example of on, in this one. I, they, when you first show up, they do a video of you just saying your name and where you're from and what you do. And I was so like depressive that half my face didn't even move. Like I was, was, the left side of my face was just completely Mm. dead, you know, Mm. which I didn't know. But then when we're watching the video, they, they selected mine. Like, I think I was one of the three that they picked out of a hundred people or something to, to make an example of. And they brought one at a time, they brought us up on stage and had us stand there next to our frozen image on the TV and they dissected, or at least for me, it was different for different people. But for me, the, the, the person was like, see how his face is like, he's talking, but nothing on this side is even moving. Like, it's like he's dead on that side. It's like that whole side. of And, and they're talking about me like I'm a clinical subject or something. And I'm 16. I was 16 years old. And I was standing there and the youngest one in the room and, you know, feeling <laughs> pretty singled out. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of stripped me naked. and And then... You know, at the time, I don't know. I don't, I, if I had, I'm not sure if I was just like frozen by humiliation and that's why I didn't leave or if I, if it's because it was in upstate New York and I didn't have a way to right. get back or, you know, I don't know what, I stuck it out and I, I ended up having a really excellent experience and learned a lot about myself and the world and everything else. Hmm. But, but it was a rough, it was a rough lesson, I think. Hmm. <laughs> That sounds, uh, especially for a sixteen-year-old, that sounds incredibly humiliating. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I don't fun. think. I don't <laughs> think I would have been able to do it. I. I definitely, um, especially at that age, was so. Uh, I think I. I think I discovered like drag early on as a way to find my community. Mm. Like you know, like at the time it was like you know black hair and you know kind of punk yeah. and all that but um goth maybe yeah a little bit but um i was always too happy to be a goth yeah um but uh good for you that's a good album name yeah I'm happy to be a goth. Yeah, i love the music but yeah um, you know i do well some of it um anyway. and yeah and uh um i think you know so, so at that age for me it was about 
um, the way to connect was through, and this isn't unique, it's just music and drag, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. it's, And it was sort of like a precursor to coming out of the closet, right? Like, mm-hmm. it Which was, was when for you? Uh, when I was 19, when I met Andy. The twin. The, uh, 20, I was 20. Uh, 19, that would have been 19, either 89 or 1990. I can't do much And was right he now. already out of the closet? No, not he really. Wasn't. But but your friend, your mutual friend who... Yeah, she knew. She knew. Each of you... She knew, but he okay. was... Uh, he he uh, he didn't give off a vibe one way or the other. He yeah. Was, he was very like, you know... He still doesn't give off no, like, a, a huge vibe one way or the other. <laughs> Which is, I think, is pretty cool. But he's, but you know, to to his credit, I think he's really embraced the whole Verosphere thing. So he will, he'll, he'll get up, he'll get up and drags. You know, he'll he, but but for a long time he wouldn't. Yeah, he would not. But uh, he, yeah, I couldn't tell at all. When when you came out, how did you do it, and what was it like? Do you mind? Um, mind? No, it's fine. Um, um, Well, I had a crutch, right? I had Andy. Like, Mm. this is my boyfriend, you know? And I I had come out to friends in high school and stuff, but, like, I was like, you are sworn to secrecy. Like, I I think it was such a shameful thing, you know, in the 80s. At that time, yeah. It was like, like, you know, basically. And even when I came out to my dad, he was like, well are you sick? Like really? He, like he that equated, was his reaction? Yeah, he equated, you know, being gay with having HIV, you know? Oh, okay. And, uh, and so he was, uh, gen- he was concerned. It wasn't... Kinda. I, I mean, thought you he, meant, like, are you sick? Right, like, I was sick mental? in the head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just, he just, he did not understand. So coming out to my dad was not fun. Uh, it, it was not, it, it, it basically ended any chance of a relationship. Really? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry to I, hear that. I think if he were still alive, we'd probably be friends now. But it, uh, it was, uh, he, he was, he, he, it was a, it was a no son of mine wow. moment, you know. And he had was, five sons, right? Or no, uh, he had five. Let's see, th- he has uh, three sons and two okay. daughters. Gotcha. Yeah. And my sister's a lesbian. My sister's, but I think in his mind that lesbianism was okay. It's different somehow. Uh huh. <laughs> that seems like the, the typical hetero uh-huh. view. Yeah. Uh, gay guys gross gay girls well, yeah okay do i get to watch hot yeah. um yeah so, it, so anyway yeah so um coming out to my mom was okay i mean this was also a time when i was um sort of ending a time of my life when i was sort of engaging in a lot of unhealthy behavior let's mm. just leave it at that mm-hmm. um and um uh and so my mom didn't really know how to react either because I was such a mess at that age, but I got happier when I met Andy. I, um, it ended up being, and, and coming out stories are so boring now. It's like, (laughs) it's so, it's so old hat, like who cares? But, um, but, uh, uh, it ended up being such a relief. It was just such a, such a relief just to live my life the way yeah i was whether you know? whether people accepted it or not oh and i just and that i mean you know that's still a thing of like just not caring at all mm-hmm. and that's you know and Are you able to carry that with you do you feel like it's easier for oh yeah a, a gay person who had to or for anyone who is mm-hmm. like a, a clear outsider from the majority is it easier for them once they've done that like past that hurdle yes to just be like well fuck it i don't care yeah. what you think about any anything yeah so, because it, it, you you find your people right yeah. i mean that that it that allows you to that that native experience allows you to you know turn away from that and yeah. turn towards something which is like i'm gonna meet a whole bunch of queer artists and hang out with them who actually like each other and support each other and that know. and that took me a long time too i mean that was that was again thanks to going back to flower um you know i was like so terrified of the gay scene really so oh no we didn't go out to any gay bars in san francisco we first moved here no 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 wait where did you move from santa cruz okay so but originally you were aware of it oh yeah as a major scene for all your my older sister brought me out to to lesbian bars like my first my first queer experiences were going to lesbian bars and that was fabulous lexington or something yeah 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 it was so fun it was so fun. Like all the all the girls wanted to dance with me, and they, uh-huh. I was like their cute little mascot, right? Right. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I. But not the gate, not the gate. Oh, I couldn't do it. Yeah. It was too They're scary. pretty intimidating. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. Um, now I like it. You do? Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. You ever been to the Oasis to see a drag show at the Oasis? Mm. That's good fun. Okay. And they, it's early. They have a seven, seven o'clock show. Okay. You know, for the olds. Right. You know, and then they have like a like an like a ten o'clock or eleven o'clock show for the kids. Right. You know. Nice. So you could like you know go down to South of Market. You know, be out of the bar by nine o'clock and in bed by ten. It's very civilized. <laughs> civilized drag. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so, yeah, Oasis is good fun. Um, and uh, Hecklina. And I love that. This is another tangent. I love that Hecklina and. Um, oh, gosh. I'm going to forget who else uh, owns that bar. But you you can drive on the 80 freeway through downtown San Francisco and look to your right and see the billboard for Oasis, like Hecklina's face, like two stories tall. And that nice. makes me so glad. That's excellent. Um, anyway, um, where were we? Oh, bars. Going to bars. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Hi boy kitty. Um, oh Should my. we stop? I think maybe. Okay. I'm going to have editing. Oh, my God. Uh, I could keep going. But I'll, we, I'll stop. I always can. Okay. But, um, um, yeah, let's do you mind wrapping no, here? That's fine. Go get something to eat. Yeah, that's great. Oh okay. my gosh, especially because the boy kitty, I think, is letting He's us ready know. to eat too. Yeah. yeah. He's so what's his name? He's Barsic. Oh my god. What a what a fine beast. He's a champ. I love that boy yeah. so much. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Michael, <laughs> Thank for coming. You. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks and for really letting enjoyed me yap. It. Um you're you're in the yap house of the yapper. So yap and yap and yap. Yapping is welcome here. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Thanks for coming. Thank you. See you soon. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my friend Michael Wirtz. And if you want to go see his uh, beautiful work, which I think you should do, um, you can check him out on Instagram at Wurtzateria, W-E-R-T-Z-E-R-I-A, at Wurtzateria. And also his website, if you want to see his illustrations um, and other work, it's really cool. You should, you should check it out. It's uh, com. Um, oh, and, uh, I wanted to share something with you that I found out about today at the March. Um, I just happened to look down at this garbage can as I was walking by and somebody on a post-it note had written, uh, get revenge by planting trees or something like that. And, uh, anyway, there's an app. I hate the word app. I hate advertising for apps at the app store. Ugh. But this thing is called Ecosia, E-C-O-S-I-A. And apparently it's a totally legit private search engine. And when you use it, they use their money from their advertising dollars to plant trees, which I think is brilliant. Um, It's, you know, if you're going to go look at stuff anyway, and since you absolutely hate Google like I do, (laughs) sorry, all my friends who work for them, if you do. But you know they suck. Come on. Come on, people. Everybody knows Google sucks. So, uh, yeah, use this other thing, Ecosia, and then people will plant trees. How cool is that? It's cool. That's how cool it is. Uh, it's very cool, in my opinion, which is all that matters right now because I'm the one speaking. <laughs> I love you guys. See you next week.